Well, bless you all this morning. And I look at you and I realize why he's so in love with you. Yeah, you're beautiful. Especially you, Lloyd. You're really, really beautiful. Well, I wish you all were hammered. Because I am. Um, I had a message. Um, in fact, I think it's prophetic because my message that was prepared was exactly the answer to the question that Amanda asked. You know, who are you? Your identity in Christ and all that. It's a good word. I hope I get to it. <laughs> yeah, I, I really do. Because <laughs> he's already changed a few things. Okay. Because we're going to, uh, before we get to the message, and maybe if we get to the message, but before, we're going to do um, some physical healing here this morning. Uh, the scripture says that if there's any sick among you, call for the elders. They will lay hands on you. They will anoint you with oil, and the prayer of faith will make you well. And the Bible is true. So, I just share three scriptures, and then we'll call anybody up who's in pain, first of all, and then any other kind of things after that. So that what I shared, that's James 5, 13, and 14 about the elders. And we get the, you know, that's an instruction from the Word of God to anoint with oil. That's, the re that's one of the reasons we do it, is it's instructed in the Word. And another note is that uh, when the 70 were sent out, they went house to house, and they went, and they anointed people with oil. They cast out demons and healed the sick. And they were amazed because everywhere they went, people were being healed. And they anointed with oil the, the, the people that Jesus sent out. And Mark 16, 18 says that um, they that believe will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now, all of these things, the wor they weren't fibbing. Like every single word in this word is true, right? So we should be surprised if people are not healed. Not surprised when people are healed, right? Okay, so if there's anybody here with pain in your body, could you, if you want to be healed, would you like to come forward? Woohoo! Bless you, Jesus. You're so good. His presence is so amazing. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> Are there any folks here that have been healed here?
like had pain, you know, pain go or been healed of something? Were you healed at this church? Were you healed at this church? You were, Bev. Could you come forward? Could you come forward? If no, the what, the girl, whoever whoever was healed here. We'll start with that. Maybe we'll expand it. Okay, yeah, let's do that. Let's expand it to other people that were healed. So you could come forward. Um, other people that have been healed by the Lord, come forward. Yeah, yeah, anybody who's been healed by Jesus, you can come forward. All right, and stand behind one of these folks. You're the ones that are going to lay hands on them. No, stand behind the, the ones that need to be, yeah. You're going to lay hands. The people who have been healed are going to lay hands on the people that need healing because it says they that believe will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And if you've already been healed, I figure you probably believe. Okay, bless you, Lord. And I'm going to anoint with oil. Lloyd, could you do me a favor? Could you anoint them with oil? Just one drop on their forehead. Don't make the sign of the cross. Just mid The idea of anointing with oil comes from the Old Testament. I know there's lots of rumors in the body of Christ of why we anoint with oil, to remind us that God does the healing and not us, stuff like that. It's all rumors. We anoint with oil for the same reason they did in the Old Testament, to consecrate to God. You are consecrated to God. You belong to Him. You are set apart for His purpose. Thank you, Lord God. The anointing is a mark to show that you're set apart for God's purpose. Okay, now, Father, let your healing power come. Those of you that are behind, do not, do not uh, prophesy. You can pray in tongues and believe. Don't, um, don't, don't uh, get into anything else. I'm very strict, aren't I? So sorry about that. So serious and all that. There's a party going on inside. You just can't see it. Thank you, Lord. Oh. Now, I want those of you that are being prayed for to think about when you came forward, what your pain was like. Not what it's like now, what it was like when you came forward. Okay? Now, I believe that every one of you, your pain has decreased. It's funny, when I ask people this at times, you know, what's it like? Is there improvement? A lot of times I say, well, there's still pain here. Well, that's great. <laughs> we want to focus on what God's doing. If, if it's 99% still there, I would say it's 1% healed. I would focus on that because that's going to expand. We want to focus on what God's doing. So, how's your pain? It's getting better. So, uh, about what percentage in, of improvement? 75%. This is awesome. Wow. Thank you, God. All right, Lord, just more. Continue, Father. I just command all pain to be removed. Oh.
the name of Jesus Christ, Father, thank you, Lord. Command all pain to be removed now in Jesus' name. Yeah. Thank you, God. You're so good. How you doing? Good. Me too. <laughs> you have oil on your head. Bless you. So how are you feeling? You're good? It's your arm? You can't lift your arm? Okay. Lift it right now. Lift it right now. Is it it's painful? Command the pain to come off. Command the pain to come off. You go in the name of Jesus Christ. Just move it around just a little bit. Is it any better at all? Is it any better? It's a little better? Yeah, it's getting better? Yeah. Okay. You keep moving it. You need exercise. Me too. <laughs> Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Continue your healing here, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. So how's it now? You're all good now? Okay. Okay, we just command that last little trace to be removed in Jesus' name. Hey, Woody. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing? Good. Cool. Good. Thank you, God. Is there any improvement? A little? Yeah? Okay. It's okay if Bev puts her hand on your lower back. Put your hand on her lower back, Bev. Thanks. How you doing? Good. Yeah? The whole left side's hurting. Has there been any improvement? Your, your belly's on fire? Oh, okay. We'll take that. I'll take fire anywhere. <laughs> uh, more fire, Lord, more fire. Yeah, thank you, Father. Let there be fire in his arm right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. You're so faithful. You're so good. Bless you, Lord. How you doing, Mary? Yes, the same as when you came forward. It's right there. Okay. Bless you, Father. Thank you, Father. Just it's your body. She's consecrated to you, Father. She belongs to you, Lord God. And you've paid for this. So I command the pain to come off in the name of Jesus Christ. I command pain to be removed in Jesus' holy name. Thank you, Lord. Just increase your presence. There's healing in your wings, Father. It's who you are. It's part of who you are, Lord God. And you are God. Thank you, Lord. Mm. How are you doing? Good. So where was the pain? And how, and how is it now? It's just about gone. gone? Woohoo, it was arthritis, so it's just about gone. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Okay, we'll finish it off. Finish it off, Lord. More, Lord, just more, just more of your presence. Just increase it. God, you are almighty God. We serve a great God. There's no fairy tales in your book, Lord. It's all you. 
Okay, so how are we doing? Yeah, really good? Okay. It's about 5% left. Yeah, okay. Well, we just tell it to go. Yeah, yeah. In Jesus' name. Also, the pain was elsewhere as well. Oh. Wow, here you share that. When I came in, I was at the back and I could, I kept twisting because I could barely stand. My back was killing me from my, about my bra down. And now I just got a little tiny pain in my bum. <laughs> She's a tiny bit of pain in tailbone only. It's like almost completely gone. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, is your arm any better? Do you want to play baseball? <laughs> well, we're going to believe for more for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We love you. Yeah. Yeah, okay. We love you. We love you, Woody. Sweetie. How's it, how's it going? Pretty good? Yeah? wants to give you mother love I'll take some <laughs> so um, yeah we're gonna how's it going heat heat here pain here well there was heat pain all the way before oh good thank you Jesus more father just finish this right off how about you Mary any improvement a bit of improvement I'll take that thank you Jesus we can expand that father God more we ask for more. You've begun to move, and you will continue to move. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And how are you doing? We're good. We're done. Fully baked. All right. You can have a seat. You guys can all have a seat. And uh, I'm going to ask, yeah, ask God to continue. So we have, like, three healings. Well, we have almost all have improvement. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. You know, so many times Adam has had us, you know, if it's just pain, stand up and put your hand on each other and so forth. I love it because he desires to see healing all the time, and so do I. And the, the interesting thing is this. If, if I've seen, you know, we've had people standing there with your hand on your neighbor and... Uh, um, the thing is, to, in, in, in all honesty, most of the time when you're getting a picture or something else, I shouldn't say most of the time, part of the time when you're getting something, it, the enemy's trying to interfere with the healing. It may seem like a prophetic word, but most of the time when you're getting something like that, instead of just focusing on the healing, if you're distracted with some like, I just saw a ship sailing by, well, no. The enemy's just trying to distract. So it's, we just stay focused on the healing. But what has happened is that I've come to people that uh, had, where's the pain? In their arm. So nobody's asked them if the pain's improved. Nobody asked them to do anything. Tanisha, was, you were healed, right? Was it you? Oh, no, it was you. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, your name again? Jesse. Okay, Jess. Yeah, she was healed. She was back here, and nothing was uh, going on. And so she told me it was in her, it, your ankle, yeah. 
And so I said, well, come, let's go for a little walk. And she was walking, and it was not getting better. It was like just, but then after a little bit, it got a little better. I said, well, let's come on. Let's come out. Let's go walk some more. Walked around. Is it better? Yeah, now it's even better. I walked some more. It was completely healed. If nobody went to her, and she stood there, and she was still in pain, she wouldn't have experienced the healing. Somebody had to help to have an expectation that that's going to happen. That's all, for me, that's all faith is when it comes to healing. I've seen, it do him, seen him do it so many times before that I expect to see him do it again. I just expect him to do it. If, and I, you know, that's really no part of it at all because he's, he's God. He's the one that's doing it, right? But just expect that he's going to do it or do I expect to leave in the same condition I came in? Is that what I have faith for? You know? He's so good. He doesn't want us to stay in that situation. Okay, so we'll see if there's time to get through this message. Oh, yeah, we have lots of time. Okay, so there's something else I wanted to uh, get off track with, for lack of a better term. Don't you just love his presence? I think in this church there's a, there's a high value placed on the presence of God. And what I mean by the presence of God is that it's not just, I don't know, it's, it's not just out there. It's on you. You can feel it, like you can feel it in your body physically, you can feel it in your emotions. And then when, when he shows up in great power, which he has in so many times and so many ages and so many churches, people aren't just feeling it. They're like thrown to the floor or, or shaking wildly. Or in your prayer time at home, just the manifestation of the weight of his glory on you. It's not the same as before you prayed. Why would we place value on these things? The presence. Because of whose presence it is. It's the presence of Jesus. It's the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's the presence of God. So we should never despise a manifestation because it's the manifestation of His presence. And when that weight of glory comes, when that time comes where he is resting on you, where you're drunk in the spirit, where you have a hard time to stand. The effects of the presence, and I'm not saying it's required, don't get me wrong, whoa, but, but the beauty of it is this, in the midst of feeling the weight and the heaviness and the goodness of his presence, it's easier to see him. And it's easier to hear him. That's why it's so good. That's why if I had my way, I would be drunk all the time. Thank you for your presence, God. It's because we love you and you have so much good for us.
Okay, well, the message is supposed to be on conquering. I had a very hard time this week and a very hard time putting the message together. Um, so really, what I have is what I got last night, mostly. And it's just some scriptures to share. But it's about who we are. It's like I've said before, and it's from the book of uh, Song of Solomon. When he looks at you, washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, he says, you're altogether lovely, my darling. There's no flaw in you. You know, in the new covenant, in our relationship with God, it's like so much of the time people are focused on where they fall short and how they messed up and, and how much they're not like Jesus and when they've sinned and so forth. That doesn't make sense to me. He didn't pay for that. He paid for you to walk in victory. He paid for you to be aware that it's been removed. The stuff that is not of him has been removed through the cross of Christ. He took you into death with him. You've been baptized into the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you're raised up in the power of the resurrection to live a new life unto God by the power of the resurrection that's at work in you now. That should be our identity. We hear it once in a while at church or you come across it in the Scripture, but we need that to be our mantra, for lack of a better word. That my true identity is that I have the Holy Spirit living within me, and I don't sin like I used to. And if I do stumble, I put a Band-Aid on it and move on. It's like scraping your knee. Sin is not this great big huge monster. It was. It held us in death. It held us in darkness. But it's not anymore. Our consciousness has to be the image of Christ. That's what I should see in the mirror. That's what I should know about myself. And if I do, then I'm going to walk in a greater degree of holiness. If I focus on sin and stumbling, I'll be, I'll be sinning and stumbling. If I focus on the fact that he has made me holy and he sees me as holy, then I will experience holiness. I will experience the goodness of God. Does that make sense? And when I yell, I'm not angry at anybody. You know, to be honest, I so admire and would prefer to sit on a stool like Perry Como with a sweater on and be casual. I just want to be casual. So many people I, I, I respect, they just talk casual. I can't do that. I, I, I don't know why. Hey? Nothing wrong with passion. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Wow. Thank you. Wow. The message, uh, Amy and Adam said there'd be a three-week three, three in a row message on conquering. It's hard for me when I get it. When, I, when I'm given a topic, I, I have such a hard time. But we try. 
And so it's from Rome. The only, the only scripture in the whole New Testament with the word conquer in it really is, but in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us, Romans 8, Romans 8, 37. And what he's really talking about there is that, you know, peril, sword, death, like, you know, he's just talking about all these things coming against him. But in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer because nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. And that's what he's talking about there. That nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. You can put me in prison. You can torture me. Whatever. And I may scream and yell. And I may be you know, not experiencing victory of any kind. But you cannot separate the love of Christ from me. I love him. He loves me. His love for me is never changing. And I love him. You can't take that love away from me. You can't take that away from me. That's the only thing where it talks about conquering. And when you conquer, it's not like just a victory, because you can have a victory of a battle. You can even have a victory of a war. To conquer means your enemy's wiped out, man. He can't rise up and do anything to you now. To conquer is to completely conquer your enemy so he's powerless. There's a scripture that I want to share. It's part of Romans in the same area. And Mary shared this a while ago, and I was a little confused at the time, and I understood later on both what she meant and, and, and things that, that I had held. It says that God causes all things to work together for the good for those that are called according to his purpose. Now, what Mary was saying and what I totally agree with is this. Because some people think that that means that God causes things that will work to your good. No, no, it doesn't say that. He doesn't come up with nasty experiences for you to go through so you can, you know, buck up, little camper, do a good job, overcome, and it works together to your good. No, he doesn't cause evil things. We're in the world. It's full of thorns. I can't stand still. i got to pass through it. I'd rather be going and walking through it with the Holy Spirit, but there's thorns in the world. There's going to be pain. There's going to be suffering. There's people in the world. The enemy gets to use people. There's going to be hurt. But because you belong to God, everything you experience, God is able to work it together for your good. To those who are called according to his purpose. And if you read on, you find out what that purpose is. Just one or two verses later, for you're predestined to be changed into the image of his son. So no matter what you throw at me, we're going to use that to create the image of Christ. That's victory. That's conquering. You can bless me or slap me upside the head. Either way, I'm going to be more like Christ because if you slap me upside the head, I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to overcome. And I'll be more like Christ. And if you bless me, I'll be more like Christ because you blessed me. So, yeah, you can't lose.
And the scripture says there also, then all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through him. Do you know, salvation isn't something that happens when you come out of darkness and into light. That's justification, that's reconciliation. I mean, you get saved, yes, you get saved. But in Romans, it, I love Romans, it also says that having been reconciled, past tense, through his death, we are now, we've already been reconciled through his death. We belong to Jesus. We have eternal life. We are now being saved by his life. Being saved by his life all day, every day, because his life is in you. His life is in you. That's where the power to overcome. That's how we become transformed. That's how we grow into the image of Christ, which is to the glory of God. I mean, it's a good deal for us. We get to be happy. We get to be healed. There's nothing like deliverance and inner healing. Those things, you know, like, you can make this transformation process quicker and more comfortable by being healed. And physical healing is good, but that's just physical pain. When you can get healed in your heart, and you can get rid of emotional pain, and you can get rid of bondage, and the susceptibility to sin in certain ways, that can actually be fixed so that you walk without that. Those things that were causing you to stumble, those things that were causing you to judge yourself, you can get actually free from the activity. Not just the, the freedom from judging yourself, but the freedom from that kind of stumbling. Because Jesus comes into that area of your life and fills it with himself, and he doesn't sin. It's so beautiful. So I'll just share some more scriptures while I have time. It's all going to be the same stuff. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. I have been crucified with Christ. Who is, who's been crucified with Christ? The sinner. The old man that was under the power of this world. That is not me. That is not me. That is not you. You have come into this glorious kingdom that by his precious promises, everything you need for life and godliness and a purpose and a destiny. This is all really good news. And you know what? All I'm doing today is reminding you. I'm not laying out a path for you to walk in to get to this and to get to that. That would be great. Somebody else can maybe do that. All I am here to do is to remind you. And Peter said in one of his messages, that's all I'm doing is reminding you. Why? Because it needs to be in your mind again. 
It needs to be in your mind again. What we meditate on, we create our future. If you're walking around in fear of something, you're creating your future. If you walk around filled with faith for something, you're creating your future. This morning happened last night. People getting healed this morning happened last night. I haven't done this before. It was scary. I said to God, you know, are are you going to come and heal them? You know what he said? Why would I not? (laughs) Why would I not? Oh, he's good. He's so good. Okay, I want to talk about two guys looking in a mirror. There's a couple of references in the New Testament about a mirror. And the one is James 1, verse 23 and 24. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. So I go look in the mirror, I trim my beard, maybe some hair on my ears. <laughs> Just for your listening pleasure. So, um, <laughs> but to tell you the truth, I forget what I look like. Right? <laughs> oh, God, you're good. And Second Corinthians 3.18 Oh, wait, there's another one. Oh, no, this is it, yeah. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord the Spirit. You know what's beautiful about this? You are looking in a mirror. It's not a window. It would almost make more sense that you're looking through a window and you see the image of Christ. He's saying you look in a mirror and you see the image of Christ. Because that's who you are. That's that's what's living inside you. Him. You're saved by his life. You're reconciled by his death. You're saved by his life. What life? The life he's living in you now. He's living in you. He's living through you. He's a very happy guy. Because he's got you. I got you, babe. (laughs) I won't let go. Yeah, come on. He's got you, and you got him. I got you, Lord. I got you, son. I got you, Lord. I got you, son. Man, you're altogether lovely, my darling. There's no flaw in you. There's no flaw in you. Why? The blood of Jesus has removed it as far as God's concerned. So we should probably agree. We should probably get on on the same side. The accuser. Oh, man, that guy's messed up. The accuser of the brethren. His time is limited. We are created for relationship with God. That's why we were made. That's what our purpose is. 
That's what our function is. That's what makes us happy. If I was a wrench and you had to hammer a nail and you didn't have a hammer and you used me, I wouldn't be happy because I'm not a hammer. I'm a wrench. Now, you give me a bolt and a nut, I'm a happy guy. I'll turn that bolt. I'll unscrew that nut. That's what we're doing this morning. We're going to unscrew some nuts. <laughs> or make us more screwy. I don't know. But anyway, but we're going to be happy. Yeah? We're going to be happy in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus is happy in us. We just want to keep talking about this truth Keep talking about this light. Keep talking about this resurrection power. Keep talking about this purity. Keep talking about this holiness. Keep talking about this love. Keep talking about what's good. Stop the talking about the crap. You know, this, it's the same thing as when someone comes forward for healing. How you doing? Well, it's mostly still there. Well, why not give praise to him instead? It's a little bit gone. Acknowledge the work of Christ, and it will expand. Yeah? I'm, I'm actually going to get through it all. This is amazing. Really amazing. <laughs> In addition... I mean, this is for every one of us. It's the same. But for each one of us, he also has a calling. For each one of us, he has an anointing, a special set of tools and equipment. For each one of us, he has a purpose because he knows that we find fulfillment in purpose. When I was really young, 18, around there, I, I ended up dropping out of school. It, it was all kinds of, like families broke up, all kinds of stuff. I went from one job to another, to another, to another, to another. I couldn't hold a job. It could really be seen as a negative. My mom sure did. <laughs> I live with my mom and my brothers. I, I saw it as a negative in some ways. But the main reason is that in all of the things I did, there was no sense of purpose. I was on a construction site with a wheelbarrow full of gravel, taking it to somebody. Now, it's a, it's, a, it's a worthy sense of purpose to feed your family. But that's not what you're put on earth for, because you can feed your family and fulfill your calling. But as a young, young man that didn't have Christ, I was filling in screens at a, a screen print place, and it was fumes, and everywhere I went, I was... There's got to be more to life. There's got to be something else, which led me to Christ. 
but I had no sense of purpose in anything I did. Now, I hang drapes and blinds, and I've been doing that for a very long time, too long <laughs> for someone my age. But you know what God showed me? I have a sense of purpose in it sometimes. Like, uh, believe me, I have a much higher sense of purpose in, in what I'm doing right now and, and in other things and things that God has for me. And I'm being removed from, from the blinds and draperies. Uh, God has shown me that. But he said, the way I made you is you love aesthetics. I worked in the factory cutting fabric. I did enjoy that for some reason. It was a menial task, but I enjoyed it because I somehow... I just have this thing about textiles, about textures and colors and making things nice. <laughs> like in our hearts, Jesus is wallpapering, you know? The kingdom of God looks good. Oh, yeah, I like that. The environment, the things that he's put in our life, he finds beautiful. But I'm, I'm really getting off track, but... I mostly live off track, so <laughs> we have glimpses of light now. <laughs> it's very, very satisfying. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> so that even in what I'm doing now, I can find some sense of purpose, especially if I'm in, uh, you know, someone's home and I'm helping to, to bl just make the environment nicer for them. It's aesthetic. I, 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 I like it. So there's some sense of purpose. But there's a much higher purpose. When we get to the point where we're no longer concerned about money, because we shouldn't be concerned about money, it should follow us. We shouldn't follow it. Money makes a, a, a really good servant. It makes a really terrible boss. So if you go and take the next thing because of the money, it, it could turn around and bite you. Because you can only serve one master. So if you're there because he wants you there, that's great. If you're there because money wants you there, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll come about that that will not be working anymore. But the way he's made each one of us, he wants us fulfilled. Like, it's two sides of the coin. One is the image of Christ. That's for every single one of us. The image of Christ. The holiness, the purity, the goodness, the love, the power, the freedom that's for every one of us. But then there is a specific calling. You know, the, uh, in, oftentimes it happened, and it happens today too. I mean, uh, there's a very large number of family members involved in this church. Um, but in the, in the temple, there would be a prophet who was ahead of all of the musicians and singers, and all of his sons and daughters were musicians and singers. It just, like God did that so much with people. Or if a person was a blacksmith or whatever, a craftsman, um, working with uh, wood or, or metal or whatever. People found, when God made them a certain way, they found fulfillment. They found enjoyment in, the, in, the, in their craft. You can have that outside of Christ, and you can have that inside of Christ. So that's the two sides of the coin. The one is that, that being made in his image and having the power of the resurrection living in you, lifting you out of darkness into light, lifting you out of death and into, into life, that that, that that is constantly going on. But it's constantly going on while you go to work, wherever you work, whatever you're doing. But God wants fulfillment even in the things that you're doing in the earth. 
Even for Adam in the garden, keeping the garden, that was something for Adam to find another purpose in. He was already in the image of God. Let's make him in our image. He did. So he's in the garden. You know, he's like picking figs or something. I don't know. But he was having a good time because he had a sense of purpose in serving this wonderful, wonderful, wonderful creator. So God wants you fulfilled. You have like um, Arthur Burke is a teacher that I really, really appreciate a lot. And he talks about how that you have a birthright, but then you have destiny. Birthright might be that you're a singer. Well, you could be singing in bars and not know the Lord. And you could be singing things with lyrics that are not very good. That's, that person has experienced and is fulfilling their birthright. They have a right to sing. It's the way God made them. But they're not in any way fulfilling their purpose or their destiny. And God has that for every one of us. He's not hiding it. And I must admit, it's not easy. It has not been easy for me. And it is not easy for me to ignore the need to provide for your family or finances. To say, I am just wholeheartedly giving myself to, to whatever God is asking of me and step, stepping out in faith and stepping out in faith and stepping out in faith. Yari and Tanya are pretty good at living their lives that way. They're serving God full time and God provides for their needs. But it is what he wants for us.